Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodger fans? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We are presented by Fansided. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are off to a nice... 8-3 8-3 and three start, although they did have their seven-game winning streak snapped in their most recent game against the Atlanta Braves, falling to Max Freed and Kenley Jansen 3-1 to one in, what, in what was kind of a lackluster effort. And what I mean is Max Freed went seven shutout innings, struck out eight Dodgers, was perfect through five. The Dodgers were able to get one back through Alberto in the eighth inning off Matsek. Uh, that cut the deficit three to one. And then ultimately Kenley Jansen, the all-time Dodgers saves leader came out mostly cheers. There were a few boos mixed in there. Don't know why anyone would boo Kenley Jansen. He did get a nice ovation the day before and a plaque to commemorate all the memories. But yeah, ultimately Kenley Jansen did get the save against the Dodgers and the series is now split one game apiece. David Rosenthal, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Kevin. Uh, I'm I'm impressed with the Dodgers this past week. Uh, we've seen a lot of guys kind of come into form. Uh, we're going to talk about a few in a little bit, but I just got to say, Cody Bellinger looks good, Kevin. Cody Bellinger does look good. He is hovering around, though, right where we projected him. I think he's hitting in the 260 range right now. Does have two home runs. Got his most recent one in the first game against the Atlanta Braves. But just to finish off this most recent game, Walker Buehler did go five innings, gave up three runs, two strikeouts, eight hits, a couple walks. There are concerns I see floating out there. Why isn't Walker Buehler the same pitcher that we're all accustomed to seeing? And my opinion is one, we had a shortened and condensed spring training. Two, Walker Buehler is still building himself up. Reminder that it's only his third start entering the season. And so it's way too early to panic about Buehler. In my opinion, he was facing a good Braves team. It's fine. He will get better as the season progresses. And this is a guy that knows his body, and he's not looking to fizzle out this early on in the season. He will be- get built up as time goes on. And come postseason time, I'm sure we'll see the same Walker Buehler that just kicks ass. Yeah, I mean, he has he's visibly has not been sharp. You can tell he's not really there yet. Uh, in terms of a level of concern, it's not even on a, it's not even a one on a one to 10 it's below a one. So he's going to get right. It's only going to take him a matter of time. Uh, Clayton Kershaw looked good again yesterday. He had that one shaky inning. Uh, but before that his extended his scoreless streak to, I believe 12 or 13 innings, uh, to start the season off. And 
this pitching staff is, is coming into form. I mean, Julio Arias obviously looked much better as well. Uh, and Andrew Haney. I mean, what the hell is going on? I can't wait to hear from Jake about this. We do have Jake Reiner phoning in. What do you want to know, boys? <laughs> right now. I, I want you, to, I want you to, to talk about Andrew Haney, Jake. Oh, well, you guys know I'm super high on him. I've always loved him. Um, <laughs> if you've heard anything I've ever said. Uh, no, this, this, is, this is exactly what I wanted to have happen. I wanted him to prove me wrong, and he's done exactly that. And, yeah, I'll wear uh, – you know, I, I'll, I'll have egg on my face, sure. I mean, he's been great. Let's see, let's see how he pans out the rest of the season. I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. And I think it goes, to, it goes to show you about what we've talked about, you know, in the offseason when the Dodgers signed him. It was like, a, you know, a great um, – you know, uh, kind of reclamation project almost where the Dodgers were able to kind of get him in camp, get him working on a new pitch, uh, get him straight. And he's, you know, the results are, are, are showing, are showing off, they're paying off for themselves. And so you're getting to see that. And, and, and it's amazing. It's amazing what this Dodgers pitching, uh, these pitching coaches of what they've been able to do. All right. We'll get to more some we'll get to more Andrew Heaney talk in just a few minutes. I did want to uh, go back to this Brave series because game one, that's where all the action was thus far on the Dodgers scope of things. This one got off to a quick hot start. Freddie Freeman, the narrative is real, folks. Hit blasted a first inning home run off Enoa, 97 mile per hour fastball up and away. Freeman hit an oppo for his first Dodgers home run. And then that was electrifying. Uh, you guys want to add anything on the Freeman home run? I mean, it's, you couldn't write it any better, frankly. I mean, I, I, I kind of figured something like this would happen. Uh, he just, he just is that kind of player. Uh, but it was truly special to see. And, and just the atmosphere at Dodger stadium looked electric and forget that home run. I mean, this dude has been awesome the past, you know, week, first week of the season. I mean, he's at 375, nine for his last 24 uh, OPS over a thousand uh, five RBIs. So he's been everything as, as advertised and more. Yes. And then, okay. So the Dodgers won this game seven to four. The onslaught occurred um, in the fourth or fifth inning. I believe when the Dodgers had another big five run outburst, their fifth of the season, this team is just piling up runs in bunches. Trey Turner really broke this game wide open with a three run double. We saw Edwin Rios connect for an RBI base knock and then even though Gavin Lux isn't getting all the homers yet, he's had three of these where he's hitting it deep into the outfield. This one was 390 feet. I'm talking an expected batting average of close to 900. Somehow the ship of this ball just sunk right when it should have gone over the wall. Dave Roberts, after the game, he was beside himself as well. Uh, just unfortunately, Gavin Lux, as locked, it, locked in as he is right now, he seems to be the most unlucky hitter in Major League Baseball. Yeah, so, uh, I, I mean, look. He's been, he's been great as well. It's, it's frankly just been awesome to see. We saw that graphic. I don't know if anyone was watching that game, but if you missed it, uh, Gavin Lux is tied for first in lowest chase rate in baseball with Juan Soto. So as I said last week, he is seeing the ball super well uh, and it's, it's, it's paying off for him. And I, I can't wait to see this, this season progress for him. I think he's going to be, you know, in the mix for an all-star selection even. All right. So I know Jake's driving, so he can just chime in whenever he wants. We will go back to Clayton Kershaw. David was right. Their first five innings, he was just locked in once again. 
And then unfortunately they let him go back out there in the six and things kind of started to tumble downhill. Kershaw's line ended up being five innings pitched four earned runs. He gave up two home runs, seven strikeouts still has yet to walk anyone on the season. And most importantly for the milestone watch, Clayton Kershaw picked up his hundredth career win at Dodger stadium. And he's now seven strikeouts, I believe behind Don Sutton for the Dodgers all-time record in strikeouts. So definitely something to watch. Maybe he'll do it against the Padres that's coming up for Clayton Kershaw. And then just in terms of the Dodgers bullpen, Daniel Hudson continues to be electric. He had a huge high leverage situation. And then Phil Bickford made his 2022 debut. They brought him into the eighth inning. He got the job done. And then Craig Kimbrell closed it out against his former team, the Atlanta Braves, picking up, I believe, his third save on the season. And I already mentioned Cody Bellinger connected for his second home run, tying a team lead with Austin Barnes, which is just really random. I'm looking around the league. You got CJ Crone with five home runs, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. with five home runs. And then here you are with two daughters with just two home runs. Yeah, I could never expect that that was going to be the case. I don't think anybody did. Um, Austin Barnes, uh, you know, it's it's kind of remarkable the, the career that he's had because you look at it and he never developed into a uh, starting caliber catcher. He never really had the, the offense to support um, putting him in there, you know, every single day or, or, you know, thereabout. I mean, obviously with the Dodgers, you know, you're, 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 you're going to have to compete with the likes of you know, Yasmani Grandal, who was pretty good hitting catcher still is. Um, and now Will Smith, who's kind of come onto the scene like a house of fire. And so he's kind of had to play second fiddle to a lot of these other Dodgers catchers, but, you know, kudos to him for, not only staying humble, but staying ready and being a, a great leader. And that was the one thing that Kershaw said he was disappointed about when he got lifted from the perfect game was that disappointed Austin Barnes couldn't be able to, uh, you know, catch one of those and, and complete the game. Because if you remember way back when, when Kershaw threw his no hitter, it was AJ Ellis behind the plate, obviously Austin Barnes, you know, uh, not, not quite there yet. I, I think he came, when did he come up in 2015? I think maybe um, he and so Grandall that, were both acquired in that 2014 to 2015 transition off season. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Um, but like, you know, it, it's kind of cool, you know, that he kind of leads the team in, in home runs and is able to provide something offensively when really nobody expects him to. Yeah, Absolutely. Anything, anything that comes from the bat is gravy because where Barnes value truly is added, as I've said for years now is behind the plate defensively as the catcher and pitch framer. So I want to talk Andrew Heaney because I'm just hyped up. I'm now calling this guy Venny Vitti Vici because he came to Minnesota. He conquered. He then came to Dodger stadium and he absolutely destroyed the Cincinnati Reds. 11 strikeouts over six shutout innings. He uh, is 1-0 now on the season. He's given the Dodgers 10 in the third innings. We have a question. Well, two questions about Heaney. One from at Dubquacker7. Do you all think Heaney's play so far is sustainable? He's saying himself that he's getting 2018 Ross Stripling vibes. And then Jessica Akiyama would like to have us discuss what has changed for Andrew Heaney. Well, the first one is, I, I don't, I would hope he's 
you know, I, I obviously we all know I was not the biggest Ross Stripling fan. I, I, I think he kind of was anyone here. I, no, on this. So I don't love that. I don't love that comparison, honestly. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's you're right on the trajectory point where it's just kind of came out of nowhere and started out like the best pitcher of all time. But hopefully he finishes better than Ross Stripling did. Second one. What was the second one again? What has changed for Heaney? That's right. Well, it's the slider. Uh, it's, it's plain and simple. It's the slider. It's a, it's, it's a wipeout slider that fits with this Dodgers team. Uh, it's kind of a sweeper Frisbee hybrid slider. Uh, and it's, it's been electric. I mean, he is in the top 86th percentile of pretty much everything on baseball savant, except for hard hit percentage and average exit velocity, which is slightly concerning if you're an advanced stats nerd. But aside from that, and I mean, his chase rate is off the charts His whiff percentage is 95th percentile. Uh, his expected batting average is 86th percentile. This dude's just been unhittable. Yeah, absolutely. When the Dodgers initially signed him, the one thing that I pointed out on his stat sheet was that he has a high K and whiff rate. And so far, he's displaying that right now. 16 strikeouts over 10 and a third innings pitched. Um, Ross Stripling, not the best comparison, in my opinion, because Stripling never was a strikeout guy. He kind of was pitching into some luck and then burnt out in the second half of 2018. Was an all-star, so you have to give him his first half credit. Um, in terms I, get, of, I get what that person was saying. Though. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I don't know who I would compare him to, but he, right now Heaney is making a name for himself. What has changed, though, with Andrew Heaney? Well, first of all, it helps that he's not having a new pitching coach every season because, as they pointed out on the Dodgers broadcast, he had like seven pitching coaches in seven years or seven and eight years. And then you also just have to acknowledge the fact that he was on the Angels. And the Angels are almost a joke when it comes to developing pitchers. They do a better job at giving drugs out than making their pitchers legit arm yeah, throwers. I, I got an Angels fan friend, uh, and he's he's texting me after each Haney start. Like he just said, I can't believe this. That's he's just in utter despair. <laughs> well, if he can't believe it, he needs to open his eyes because it's pretty obvious what's going on here, and the fact that he spent all this time in Anaheim and was pretty below average to say the least. And now he's, you know, extremely effective, albeit it's only been two starts. So I'm, I, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more before we start, you know, uh, crowning him the, the Cy Young award winner. But I think another thing that's changed guys is the fact that he's relying more on his breaking stuff than he ever has before. And I think that that's great because, as we all know, his fastball, you know, isn't his bread and butter. You know, he throws that fastball anywhere from like 92 to 93, but he's able to locate it so well that it's almost like he's using it as a changeup to change, you know, the speed to faster instead of slower when you think about a traditional changeup. And he's able to kind of sneak that fastball by a lot of guys. That's what I've seen a lot too from him. And then full credit to Mark Pryor because he's probably the biggest factor in this turnaround. Yeah. Like with many Dodgers pitchers um, in Colorado before Heaney had made his official debut, he was working with that sweeper sweeping slider and told Pryor that he didn't really feel comfortable throwing it. And Pryor's response to him was okay. And then I think a day or two before his first official start against the Minnesota twins, he started throwing it again he felt kind of comfortable, more comfortable. So he started to use it in that game against the twins. We obviously saw the results. And then he, Keeney mentioned that when he came to Dodger stadium, something about the warmer weather and the 
um, humidity, I guess, really gave him a better grip on that sweeping slider. And then, yeah, we saw the results, 11 strikeouts, albeit the Reds do kind of suck and they continue to lose. But still, just the movement on that pitch, if you do the, the eye test, which triggers some younger fans, you can tell that pitch is legit. There are some other pitchers, though. First off, Hunter Green, the Reds' young phenom. Give some props to this kid. Threw 39 pitches of 100-plus miles per hour, which was a major league record in the StatCast era. Nobody seemed, No one on the Dodgers could really touch him until Trey Turner got a hold of one, hit the go-ahead two-run home run. That was how the Dodgers were able to win that game. Uh, Julio Urias, another pitcher that I expressed some concerns about, kind of put that narrative to bed, went five strong innings, only gave up one hit, five strikeouts, no runs. The velocity was up a little bit, hovering around that 93-mile-per-hour range. And then Trey Turner, everyone was talking about the hit streak. That was snapped at 27 games. Every time the media starts to really hype up someone's hit streak, go figure that it just ends like the next day. And then Freddie Freeman had another big day. This one was against the Reds. He went four for five with three runs batted in. So that was some Dodger standout moments that I noticed against that Reds four-game sweep. Yeah, Hunter Green is, is super legit. Uh, he's going to be a problem in the league for a while. I'm glad the Dodgers were able to see him because uh, that's going to help out with some of these higher-velocity pitchers that they're going to have to face uh, throughout the season. So it's good to get one of those out of the way, uh, and that can trigger some guys' timing too. Yeah, one thing I noticed too, throughout the Red, Se- the Red Series was just how insufferable the Dodgers' lineup can be. I mean, it just was relentless the entire time. It just didn't – never felt like the Reds were ever really in it. Yeah, maybe that during that Hunter Green start, but as soon as, you know, Trey Turner hits that home run, it sort of just opened the floodgates and there was no looking back after that. I think the, the Dodgers offense um, a little bit came back to earth tonight against the Braves. We can get into that a little bit, but, um, yeah, yeah we, just, you just, yeah, it was just an example – you did. All right, cool. Um, so you, you know, you kind of can see what happens with this Dodgers offense and how contagious it can be from one batter to the next. Yep. Not the best team against left-handed pitching early on, but they still got plenty of time. We did have another question coming from dub quacker seven. I'm sure you guys are going to want to get into this one too. Are, are there any concerns uh, regarding Mookie Betts. That's what I was going to ask you guys. So I'm glad he, he brought this up. Um, I was going to say, I was going to pose it to you this way. I was going to say, are you guys at all concerned with his hot start? Is this not only his hot start, but he isn't the same guy he was on the Red Sox. Uh, I mean, you look at his numbers on the Red Sox and he hasn't quite done that. Yes. In this, in that shorter, the 2020 season, he was, getting there you, you could see that it was it was kind of there but last year and then this year he does not look like the same player so i'm gonna piggyback off dub quacker here and ask you guys uh what do you make of this what do you make of this year and a half for mookie Betts, where he doesn't look like mookie Betts, and are you kind of concerned about this this remaining contract it's a tough one because i feel like he you know <sighs> has been injured a little bit. And so I think we've all given him some leeway there in trying to come back from some of the issues that he's had, the back issue, the hip issue, that whole thing. 
Um, but from all reports this year, it seems like he is back to at least close to 100%. I mean, we haven't heard anything um, out of his camp uh, regarding any injuries, but you have to think that that's got to be part of it because it is kind of head-scratching. I, I, I felt the same thing too, David, where – you know, on the Red Sox, it was like he was just the man. It just every time he came up, it was in a big spot. And it, and it almost felt like he came through every single time. You know, he's, he won an MVP with the Red Sox. He won a World Series with the Red Sox. Now, granted, Mookie was a huge reason why the Dodgers won in 2020. I mean, he put him over the top, you know, using his speed, using his defense, maybe when his bat wasn't always there. But this year it is very concerning. And, and I don't – I'm not at the point where I'm about ready to jump ship and say, oh, this contract was bad and I'm worried about it. Because uh, with a talent like that, I really think that, you know, it can come back and he can figure it out. And we've certainly seen it in flashes. But it just seems like nowadays he comes up with runners on base. And it's just not not only does he not come through, but the at-bats just aren't great. He's not really battling up there. It seems like he swings at a lot of first pitches and pops it up to the infield or pops it up to the outfield. Um, and he's not really able to get anything going. And you're and, and it's weird, too, because you get to the bottom of the order and you're excited for guys like Lux and Taylor and Bellinger who are hitting the ball really well, surprisingly. But then when it flips back over to the top, you're almost like, oh, man, like, you know, here comes the rally killer, which is really not what you want to be thinking when you, you've got your, uh, your all-time star, Mookie Betts, in that spot. All right, well, I'm going to be the, the the calming presence here because it's going to take more than 11 game sample size for me to hit the panic button on one of the top five players you could make a case in the last 15 years last uh last april march mookie betts got off to a 250 batting average start with a 364 on base two home runs five rbis which I would take at this point because right now through 11 games, he's hitting 171 with a 277 on base, 220 slugging. That's an OPS under 500. He's got 11 strikeouts and 41 at-bats, no home runs, three RBIs, I believe. But it's it's early, and Mookie Betts isn't the only one struggling. I mean, Justin Turner's hitting 225. He was an all-star last season. Max Muncy's hitting 139. I believe he was also an all-star last season. So we're talking about three all-stars right now that are off to slow starts and you got to give it to you got to give it at least two more weeks before we can even talk about, is this player struggling? Because it's just, it's too early in the season, but he's been struggling since last year, Kevin. I, I agree that, with yeah, you that we should that wait, not but it's true. not struggling since last year in the biggest game of the year against the giants. He was the one that went four for four. Yes, I mean, in that individual game, yes. But overall, I mean, he was not himself at all. And, and also, I would, argue, I would argue he shouldn't have been an all-star last year. I, oh, he I, wasn't I, even I, close I, to an all-star. It was only name recognition. Yeah, I, I, I didn't agree with that. And I think that comparing him to how, you know, Muncie and Turner have started, I don't think it's fair because – you know, Turner is getting older, so he's not, and he's not the he's not the freak athlete that Mookie Betts right. is. And Max Muncy is coming back from a huge injury that put him out of the playoffs last year. Well, last season Mookie Betts did finish with an on base plus slugging of eight fifty four, so that's certainly not Mookie Betts 
MVP status, but that's still a very serviceable uh, stat right there. He ended it's up finishing, good. No, but here's the thing. Here's, he also here's finished with 23 home runs with a bad hit. All right. All right. Well, here's the here's the thing that the the question that David brought up is is that yeah, those are fine numbers if you're AJ Pollock, but if you're Mookie Betts, who's getting paid however yep. many I can't even remember the the, the dollar amount on the contract right 30. now. But yeah, thirty million. That's not cutting it. I'd also can I just here I'm I'm kind of in between the two of you here because I'm gonna read off some stats. Mookie Betts is in the first percentile for barrel percentage. That is the worst in the entire league. He is in okay. 17th for expected batting average, 8th for expected slugging, 18th for hard hit, 35th for average exit velocity. His sprint speed is even in the 20th percentile. So something is wrong here, and I'm going to give him as much rope as I'm going to give any player in baseball, he has earned that much over his what he's done over his entire career. He's going to get plenty of rope from me. But if we're still at this point in June and July, it's time to worry on this contract. Okay, this is this is getting a little too out of hand. I'm going to go back to his weighted runs created. Uh, it's too early right now to really care about 2022, but if it makes you feel better, it's at 68, which is well below average. Last season, he had a 131. When you look at the average, it's 100. In 2016, he had a 136. In 2019, he had a 135. And in 2021, he had a 131. I think where you guys are just getting way ahead of yourselves is the 185, and that's his MVP season when he had a 10.4 war. And that doesn't happen every year. I mean, what Mookie Betts did that World Series year was almost an anomaly. I mean, yeah, just, but but you're you're not look you're not you're not paying him to to turn out MVP seasons every single year. That's you know that's asking way too much from from any from any player, let alone Mookie Betts. But you're asking for something a little more consistent, a little you know something that you can you can hang your hat on to say, hey, this guy is is we can count on this guy every single year for, you know, 30 plus home runs and a hundred RBIs for sure. Okay. Well, 2020, he was second in MVP. So that's a W 2021 was not an MVP. He was good, not great. So I would say right now we're split in terms of if, if this contract is, if this contract is a success and then 2022, we can have this discussion maybe in June got to give it more time uh, can i just can i just add one more thing because I, I i feel like if if you were listening to me you know rant and rave that you would think that i think that this contract is a bust i think i'm more on the side of what david was saying in the sense that i would give him more leeway than any other player i would give leeway to and i'm not ready to call it just yet obviously it's way too early to tell and plus mookie Betts has shown some success as a dodger no doubt about that um, but at the same time, you know, I think you can hear it in my voice. There is a lot of frustration when he comes to the plate and a lot of like, dang, you know, I know that the inning may be over or the rally may be killed once he comes to the plate. That's just how he's hitting right now. I, I, I honestly agree with both of you. I, like I said, I'm in the middle of, you know, I'm giving him time and patience and, and, you know, he's still Mookie bets, you know, it's not like he's gone. It's the same thing with Cody Bellinger, what we were talking about last year. 
we had, I mean, most of us, I think all of us in this podcast had faith in Cody Bellinger that he was going to get back to some level of success. And Mookie Betts is going to be that as well. It's just, is he going to be worth what we're paying him is, is the question. And that's to be seen. But I said I would trade that entire Mookie Betts contract for one World Series win, and that happened in the first year. So whatever happens is worth it to me. Damn right. The, the rubber match of this Dodgers-Brave series features Charlie Morton, who's off to a struggling start of 1-1 one one with a 6-10 ERA. He'll be facing the tandem of, I assume, Tony Gonsolin and then Tyler Anderson. So excited to see what those two do against a good team. Gonsolin kind of has historically struggled against the Braves, at least in the postseason. So let's see if he can get some of those jitters off his chest. That is a day game finale, which I absolutely hate those Wednesday 12 o'clock games because I usually can't watch them. But if you're able to, I hope you really enjoy and I hope the Dodgers take the series. After that, they have an off day. And then let's get into this one. The Dodgers take on the San Diego Padres. This will be the first time these two face off this season. It's going to kind of be a little different than maybe last season when there was just so much buzz around these two teams. We had Justin Turner. We had other players calling this 19 games of a World Series. And the Padres got off to a commanding lead to start the season. And then it was all Dodgers the second half. And the Padres couldn't even finish above 500. But we're looking at a Padres team right now that is off to an 8-5 and five start themselves. The pitching matchups will appear to be Nick Martinez against Julio Urias, Hugh Darvish and his 628 ERA against Andrew Heaney, and then Sean Manaya, who was acquired right before the season started. He has an ERA under one and a half. He'll be facing Clayton Kershaw. These games will be at Petco Park. Uh, I don't have too much of a scouting report on the Padres just yet, other than Manny Machado is off to a white, heart, white hot start, batting 365 with three home runs, tied for the team lead in that homer stat with jerks and profar and then eric cosmer who they thought they were going to trade to the mets and basically begged every team to get get this contract off the books has actually been like one of their best hitters he's a 390 batting average right now yeah i see i see uh two w's and an l in that series and the l i think is going to come in that shamanaya game just because he's a lefty and i just have a bad feeling that he's just going to overpower the Dodgers and, and dominate them just like Max Freed did tonight. I'm looking forward to this series. Uh, I think it's going to be a good hard fought battle all the way around. I think people are still sleeping on the Padres pitching staff. So I, it's not going to be just because there's no Tatis. It's not going to be something that's just a walk, uh, you know, walk all over them. Uh, and they've, and they've also been playing good defense, which is no coincidence. So <laughs> I I'm, I'm with Jake. I think they'll take two out of three. My one concern uh, I don't know if we, I don't think we've covered this yet is Blake Trinan is going to be out for the rest of this brave series. Dave Roberts said his arm was barking after his last outing. So that does not sound too encouraging. Uh, that would be a catastrophic loss for this team, even with their strong bullpen. So hopefully uh, our friend of the show and my hero slash best friend will get his arm uh, <laughs> right, before, <laughs> right, right before this uh, Padres series. Uh, but that's something to monitor. Yeah. Um, if Gavin Lux is healthy, because right now he does have lingering back issues, hopefully they're minor. I think he might actually be my pick to have a big series against San Diego. I could easily see him hitting a home run at Petco Park. Uh, you Darvish is so hit or miss. 
he dominated the Diamondbacks, and then he had like the worst start of his life against the Giants, giving up nine runs in less than two innings. He and then he bounced back with another good start. So that makes me think that maybe he's gonna fall into this routine where now he'll come up, he'll have another bad outing. And I think the Dodgers could absolutely snowball against him and put up five runs. That's what I'm hoping. Nick Martinez really hasn't been tested yet. He was in Japan for a couple years, off to a good start so far with San Diego. And then, yeah, I also agree. Shamanaya probably will be the one that causes the Dodgers some issues. I don't know. I know he's faced the Dodgers in the past. I can't remember what his stats are against us. I, I do think we faced him last season in Oakland, but I could be wrong. I have to just say, you know, on the uh, on the Blake Trine in front, it is it is worrisome that that his arm is not responding the way he hopes it would or you know expects it to. But I will say this, and I know I know Kevin will agree with me here. Daniel Hudson, that guy has been awesome so far, and I think he's kind of slipped under the radar a little bit uh, in in high leverage spots because he has been electric. He's been lights out. He's been the form of himself that uh, watched the Nationals take out the Dodgers en route to uh, their 2019 World Series victory. And Daniel Hudson, man, he he has been awesome so far. And so if Blake Trinan has to be out for any period of time, I, I feel confident that this bullpen with Hudson and Kimbrell has been great too, honestly, as well. I, I have confidence that they'll be able to weather the storm without trying for a little bit if that, if that does happen. I think the Trinan's injury will be minor. Dave Roberts said they think he'll avoid an IL stint. The other person on the Padres that does concern me, if the Padres have the lead, their bullpen has actually been pretty solid overall this season. Taylor Rogers, who they also acquired recently. Yeah, he's been good. Yeah, he already has five or six saves, and he's a lefty. Dodgers really haven't had much exposure against him and I believe his twin is Tyler Rogers on the Giants who throws a submarine style underhand um any other things you guys wanted to talk about with the Dodgers in this past week otherwise there's a couple other quick segments I want to shift to uh no I'm good I'm, I'm ready I know for you my guys little... already talked to... go ahead no I just wanted to say because I know you guys already talked about the the Braves series and what happened tonight but I just wanted to add real quick. I think it is actually kind of perfect that in the first game, Freddie Freeman's first game against the Braves in a Dodgers uniform, he hits his first home run as a Dodger. And then follow that up. First of all, the Dodgers win that game, but then follow that up. Kenley Jansen comes in and shuts the Braves down, or such, excuse me, shuts the Dodgers down in order in the ninth to get the save. I just, you know, I, I love baseball for that reason. It's just, you know, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. And even though the Dodgers lost tonight and they couldn't hit Max Fried, and it was kind of a frustrating night uh, on that regard, and especially since Walker Buehler didn't pitch all that bad, um, it's just kind of cool to see those things happen back to back. Yes, the series of narratives and the Dodgers – whether it's Blake Snell or Freed, struggle against those hard-throwing lefties these days. So this probably won't be a memorable one, but I did want to get an idiot tw- tweet of the week. This one goes out to Mark Bowman at MLB Bowman. That was my – yeah, this is that's where I'm going with this. Go ahead. All right. 
Freddie Freeman said he recently bought a new house in Studio City, which is about 15 miles from Dodger Stadium, that he wanted to be home, in quotes. Angle was always ridiculous. His Orange County home is about 40 miles, which is about one to three hours in L.A. traffic from Dodger Stadium. Garbage. I want Jake to take this one because I know he replied. And if you know Jake, it takes a lot for him to get mad or reply to something that's very stupid. So I'm, I'm very curious to see uh, his take on this. I'm glad you set it up that way, David. I appreciate it. Well, you know, sometimes I like to be snarky on Twitter and this was just a ridiculous take through and through. And I responded to uh, Mr. Bowman by saying that you know, certainly Freddie Freeman is closer to home now than a 32 hour drive that it would take from Atlanta to Orange County. I mean, the whole thing just makes absolutely no sense. Of course, that was the narrative. Of course, that was the driving force of him wanting to come back to L.A. That's what he's been talking about. Plus, he's been saying this whole time that he wants his parents to be able to come to Dodger Stadium and watch him more frequently. That was a huge deal for him. So to me, this tweet is just like makes no sense. And also, it just kind of feeds into the whole Atlanta Braves narrative. I don't think all Braves fans are this way because we uh, we know some Braves fans that are actually intelligent about baseball but to all the Braves fans on Twitter that are pissed off and Freddie Freeman now plays for the Dodgers and they all and they all seem to forget what a terrific human being he was with the Braves and what a terrific player he was with the Braves all those years you know just shut up he just appreciate for just appreciate him for who he is and what he did for Atlanta and be happy with Matt Olson and 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 stop whining How's that, David? Did I do good? You you definitely passed the test. Yeah, I mean, this is an idiot tweet of the week. I mean, it's not in the top two, probably not even in the top three, but this guy is just, what are you doing? I mean, he's a beat writer for MLB.com. Uh, there's too much snark in this tweet. I mean, are you seriously saying that just because he's not like, I mean, it's this tweet sounds like he was expecting Freddie Freeman to like move into his childhood room and like yeah. buy his childhood house and like live with his his, you know, his family. It's like, no, no, no. Freddie Freeman is a grown adult from this area. If you live in the vicinity, you are home. That's how the world works. Uh, it's plain and simple, Mark. Uh, uh, you know, it's basically what I expect at this point. People hate the Dodgers. And I frankly love that because we get more, we get to talk about these idiots week after week <laughs> after week. Oh, yeah. We just got a few minutes left here, so I had to get this segment in that came up with um, kind of on the whim. If you were at Coachella this past weekend or you're going this current upcoming weekend, hope you have a lot of fun. Uh, don't do drugs, but do drugs. Um, <laughs> stay, stay out of trouble. Don't be one of those. Stay. Don't be one no, of those. No, no, no. We that... are, dude. We are. We are a a dare podcast. Right. This is. This I got is a. <laughs> Yeah, I got. I got to do this quick. Don't be one of those guys that ends up in the news because you assaulted someone. Be smart. Be safe. Have fun. Jesus, Kevin, where are you going? With Listen this? to good music. I thought Coachella just happened. I just said it, it was this past weekend, and it's going to be this upcoming weekend. It's oh a yeah, that's right. Event. There's two. Yeah, sorry. I'm so old. the Dodgers started to trickle out their walk-up songs. So I wanted to shout out some of my favorites. First up, this one's a classic, but Clayton Kershaw still walks out to funds. We are young. I don't know why he picks that song. It doesn't seem very Clayton Kershaw-like, but, you know. Fun fact. Can I just get in here one second? Fun fact. I was at Ultra in Miami when Martin Garrix 
played that song, his remix for the first time. That's my one music All contribution right. here. Go ahead. Cool. Freddie Freeman is walking up to an absolute banger. His child, his, his son knows music. I don't really know this artist, but Davey and Victor Cardenas. And the song is called Baya Conmigo. The trumpets are electrifying. Then you got Chris Taylor. He's walking up to Blink-182 now. All the small things. Such a W for CT3. Will Smith finally displaying that he actually has good taste in music because in the past he's been walking up to Trash, but now he's walking up to Dr. Dre with Still Dre. So that's a W. And then Craig, Craig, Krim, blah, Craig Kimbrell, Dirty Glass Craig. from the Past, Guns and Roses, kind of like Eric Gagne, except he's walking out to their other great song, Sweet Child of Mine. Those are my uh, Coachella Dodger standouts thus far. Good stuff. Can't wait to see it or hear more as the season progresses. I know Zach McKinstry would walk up to Empire of the Suns, um, Walking on the Sun. That's a banger, too. Yeah, Hi, Kevin. Up? Great job on, on the uh, on the pronunciation of the uh, artist and name of the of Freddie Freeman's walk-up song. Yeah, I, that was, I, that I was, was well done. I, I was nervous there for a second. I probably butchered it. All right. Um, so with that being said, the Dodgers and the Padres kick off that three-game series later at this week. Then they play the Diamondbacks, yawn, the D-backs suck. But with that being said, make sure to subscribe to the Incline Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Uh, we're all going to meet up soon. We're going to the Dodgers-Tigers game Friday night, Friday night fireworks. So come find us there. We'll say hello. We won't pretend like we're douchebags or anything. We're actually chill dudes in real life. So come say hello. And with that being said, have a great rest of your week, everyone. Uh, read Dodgers Way. Follow Fansided. All that good stuff. And thank you for hanging in there with us. I know we're kind of scattered tonight, and we got you know multiple people uh, you know not – technologically sound right now but thanks for hanging in there we're back to normal next week <laughs> all right go dodgers it's just me no no, no. my mic's kind of messed up jake oh, oh. <laughs> go dodgers save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or seven up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.